It is Monday, Monday evening here in uh, New York City, uh, where you are, uh, well, you're watching us live. We're in New York City. I'm not too sure where you are. We got people from all over, Kenny. USA, Latin America, right? Europe, Africa, Asia. I see the analytics. I see everybody. All right. I want to thank everybody that's already here tuned in live with us, as well as those watching on demand okay i gotta salute to the on-demand people as well this is mano a mano with kenny t we are live okay and this is episode number 41 we're getting up there kenny all right i'm pushing 40 and now we're in our 40s as a episode with our show so it's it's fitting all right great weekend of boxing to discuss especially if you're a new york city boxing fan um, big show at the Garden in the Hulu Theater. We're going to get into that real quick. But first off, yeah. Kenny, how's it going, my brother? Can't complain, brother. K.O. Kenny, coming to you live from Washington Heights. You already know how we do. Uh, can't complain. Great weekend. Lots of fights. Lots of entertainment. Lots of new news and updates. We ready to go. Start Monday with lots of energy. Let's go, maestro. Absolutely. I want to big up Mr. Slide Tendencies. He's a member of Maestro A. That's me. I want to big up my brother, Tony Pugilist, boy. Yo, Tony's got a good show with Base the Kid. All of you guys could check it out on Undefeated, on the Undefeated podcast channel. They're doing big things out there. Glad to see my brother Tony doing his thing with his new show. Make sure all of you check it out. All right, HCP Boxing, that's my brother, D-Style Boxing, El Capitan. There can only be one quarterback at HCP. That is him. Big up Fernando as well, Osborne as well, and everybody else in the chat, including Team Batman Boxing. And my brother, Mr. Steel Yachin. We're going to get back to that comment in a moment when we touch upon the entire Tank Davis situation with the WBA. We're definitely going to be talking about that today. Uh, but first off, Kenny, I want to get into uh, this weekend's events at the Garden. All right. K.O. Kenny, the real K.O. Kenny on Twitter, was out there with me at the Hulu Theater on Thursday for the press you conference, on Friday for the weigh-in. Kenny, talk to us about the lead-up to the MSG uh, card, and then uh, we'll get into what actually happened on Saturday night. I mean, the lead up to the event was was great. It was amazing. As uh, you know, I put up on the video on my channel. It was an amazing experience for me. Uh, you 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 already had the experience, but I'm pretty sure it was amazing for you anyway. Always interviewing new people and meeting uh, uh, some of the boxing heads that we see on TV all the time. Some of the real leaders in the boxing game. You know, uh, it's game changing. Gives you a lot of energy. Uh, has you keep going real strong. And and you know what? New New York was filled with energy. Filled with energy. It was, the weather was beautiful. From Friday to Sunday, everybody was out in the streets. When I tell you everybody was out in the streets, it was packed in New York. And Madison Square Garden was sold out. It was packed. It was packed. I tried to get a ticket, and they said $500. But I tried. I did try to buy it. Like, the fights were going to start at 10 o'clock, and I tried to buy the ticket, like, at 9 o'clock. So it is what it is. You know, you slap on my wrist. But, yo, lots of energy in New York. Lots of energy in the garden. Man, it was just... <sighs> over energetic man like i like i said the whole uh rapper thing there was a lot of rappers around they were also they're on this 
New York shit. Like New York rappers support New York growth. So being the fact that uh Berlanga is a New York fighter and he was headlining the card, he had all of the New York rappers show up and be in the stadium just showing support, showing energy. Uh it was just all out great energy, great I- involvement. And also Bad Bunny's concert was at the Barclays, which had the streets even more packed and more crazy. And it didn't interfere with the fight. Bro, great, great weekend. And let us know, man. Let us know about the garden because I was not able to get in. I was outside seeing tons and tons and tons of people walk in. And I was like, fuck it. I'm out. I'm not paying $500. It is what it is. I'm a fan, but my pockets are worth more to me. I'd rather put that on some real nice expensive sneakers and go look pretty at these press conferences as I talk to these people. Absolutely. Uh, Look, Fernando's got his point of view. He thinks the top three fighters that night were uh, Zender Zayas, Armani Almisteca, who had a great win, uh, as did Zender Zayas, and Henry Lebron. I also got to add in uh, Shushu uh, Carrington Carrington in that he got the most savage KO on the night of uh, one of your compatriots out of the DR. I was actually quite concerned for him for a bit, but Shushu did his thing. He brought out Brownsville, Brooklyn, too. But look, I'm going to head right to the star-making performance, the star-making event. Uh, believe it or not, that was not Xander Zayas. Sorry, that was not Edgar Belanga. That was Xander Zayas. Uh, Xander Zayas came out uh, to a thunderous reception. Um, you would have legitimately thought that it was the main event, Kenny. It was that big, uh, the way he came out on, on Saturday. The fans were screaming. Uh, the music was popping. Uh, he came out, honestly, to uh, a, a really good entrance, a fight song. You know, he had uh, Eladio Carrion, who, uh, who's from he Puerto Rico. That. He, yeah, he crushed it, bro. And, and I got a cousin, actually, Henry, who's from uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, and my cousin Henry is actually from Umacao, which is in the east. And that is actually uh, the same place that Eladio Carrion is from. So my cousin Henry was excited about that. Henry, okay, uh, was was happy about that one. And, bro, he he crushed it uh, with, with that entrance. Everything about uh, Xander that night was star-making. Um, he didn't get the knockout, but Lavalier is a tough guy, a guy who hasn't been stopped, a guy who hasn't been knocked down. And he won every round, so a lot of people wanted to – See the knockout, the Puerto Rican fans especially. He didn't get it, but that's okay. He got the W. He did it at Madison Square Garden. And just as the thumbnail to the show said, it's about time, right? A uh, new star. We're going to get into the Devin Haney Gambosis stuff in a moment. But I can't tell you how disappointed me and Kenny were when Xander Zayas was off TV the last time he was at the Garden. Well, Ali. And Nico Ali Walsh was on TV. Uh, Nico Ali Walsh did not bring out the fans the way Xander did that night. And to see him off TV was a big disappointment for me and for Kenny. Uh, I'm not going to hide it. I'm a big fan of Xander Zayas. He's a great kid, uh, 19 years old, uh, you know, the super respectful, super humble, definitely confident in himself, which he should be. Very smart. Very intelligent. He he ticks all the boxes, and he's bilingual too. I think I said that already. But uh, he should be on TV. He ESPN top rank should be pushing him, and I'm glad they corrected that because for him to be off TV, uh, and for Nico Ali Walsh to be on TV opening up the ESPN card, I didn't agree with that. 
But I'm glad Top Rank fixed that situation and got him as a co-main event in this last in this last fight. Let me ask you a question though: If Ali Walsh would have been on this card, would they have done the same bullshit again? It's tough That's, to say. I hope not. I hope not. I don't think after this performance, hell no. Especially they talking about what was it, June eleventh, July eleventh, uh, Puerto Rican day. Uh, 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 they said that they they're both uh, Berlanga and Zayas are both fighting at the Garden. I'm gonna put in my media request ASAP. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully, I get approved so yeah. uh, I could get some coverage on Puerto Rican day. I'm not even Puerto Rican. I may be in there with some Puerto Rican flags and shit. Like yo, yo, I look. I'm just supporting. I'm Dominican though. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm all about supporting people. Yeah. It's I'm all about especially supporting my Caribbean brothers and sisters. You know, my, my family is it's those who know me well is from multiple places in the Caribbean. I'm a mix up of different islands in, in Central America, too. My granddad was a rolling stone. OK, great granddad, too. They went everywhere. Um, we're joined by Joe Habib uh, here. Salute. All right. After we're done here, I want everyone to check out Joe's interview. He just dropped a great interview uh, with with a fighter out of the Ukraine. I want everybody to check that out. Uh, so, look, let's get right into Berlanga because he was actually the main event uh, going into the fight. Kenny, we had wor- words over the phone. We talked about it. Um, y- you said that Berlanga needed to not just get the KO, but needed to get the KO faster than Triple G got the KO. That didn't happen. He didn't get the KO. He didn't get the, the KO faster than Triple G, meaning in under four rounds, uh, or more devastating than Triple G, regardless of the round. So now that that's happened, give me your assessment of Edgar Berlanga. We both like the kid, all right? So let everybody know that. We we like Edgar Berlanga. He's a great guy. I interviewed him before. But I want the Kenny T, the KO Kenny assessment of Berlanga and his performance, where he goes now, and then I'm going to go to my brother Joe Habib for the same thing. Sounds good. Sounds good. Look, man, uh, I still think the kid is headed for greatness. It's sad that he could not accomplish what I wanted him and everybody else wanted him to accomplish. You know, he has a lot to work on. He has a lot of skills that he needs to polish up on. He needs to change training like he has way too many trainers way too many dudes talking in the corner and his jab he needs he needs to really really work on that jab i don't know what the hell that jab was like like i don't i have to criticize hard him hard as i do with everybody else he was doing this like from top to bottom slap jab it was coming with no 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 speed he wasn't trying to land that jab and that made him non-effective against steve rose if he would have been able to throw an effective jab straight a straight jab not a uh, uh, from top to bottom tap jab. That would have been more effective against Steve Rose. That would have been landing much more. Steve Rose would have been looking out for the jabs and not looking out for the projected power punches. He needs to stop looking for the first round knockouts. As Andre Ward said, that definitely hurt him having all those first round knockouts in the early part of his career. I don't agree with much shit that Andre Ward says because he's a big ass hater, but he was actually factual with that statement. Uh, one thing, uh, uh, Joe, uh, I, uh, I just thought of this as I was talking right now. I got an idea for your morning segment shows. Cup of Joe in the morning. That 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 should be a segment. Cup of Joe. Kenny T with Damn. the knowledge. You already Producer know. Producer Kenny T. <laughs> I like that one. But, but back to back to Berlanga. Back to Berlanga. Um, he did not impress. 
he did not amaze. He could have looked so much better in there, but he was trying to he was trying to do the flashy thing and get the early knockout. Exactly what I I wanted him to do, but in better fashion. Like don't just go swinging like a wild turkey and and expect to get the knockout. Not when you go into this next level. Triple G looked years, ages of skill and wisdom ahead of Berlanga. And he definitely needs to go back to the drawing board and not be talking about Triple G or any of these top guys just yet. He needs to face somebody that's going to give him more competition than than uh, uh, Rose and has just as an effective of a jab as Rose because he needs to get better. He needs to work on that. Great breakdown, Kenny. Great, honest breakdown by KO Kenny. Uh, Joe Habib, your assessment of Berlanga after this, uh, well, your assessment of his performance and also your assessment of where he goes after this fight. Well, here's the thing. You know, sometimes you have to look at somebody and you have to say to yourself, this is what this is what we have. This is it, right? Um, I love to use this old quote by Customato, people who are born round do not die square. It's one of the smartest things ever said. Maybe this is who Berlanga is, right? Can he get better? Maybe he can't. Maybe this is just the guy that he's going to be moving forward. Because here's the thing. You can tell when you look at a guy, and I know a lot of fans don't like when people say the eye test, right? They, they, they think that the eye test is overrated. But if you've been watching boxing long enough, you can tell the guys who are just natural instinctive boxers and the guys who are really just trying to box. Now, obviously, if you're a professional boxer, you have to, you're a special person. Not anyone can just get in that ring and fight. So we're not going to minimize that in any way. Berlanga is not some guy that can get off the couch and just jump in the ring and fight. No. Now, obviously, Berlanga is a, is, is a true athlete. He's a fighter. But when you compare him to his contemporaries, right, guys like, uh, you know, David Benavidez, guys like uh, Morel Jr., right, and other guys at, at 168, obviously you're not going to compare him to Canelo just yet, but you can compare, compare him to those guys, like you said, Maestro, in, in his age group, roughly around the same amount of fights. You could tell the difference in skill level between those guys and him, right? So he, he's a guy that seems to force everything, right? He's not exceptionally quick on his feet, right? Not a guy who can is really instinctive. It seems like he's thinking too much in there, right? He telegraphs a lot of these shots because he's thinking too much. He's saying to himself, I got to hit this guy and I got to knock this guy out. And this isn't something that he was created to do. He, he This was something, this was his persona. He wanted to be that knockout guy. No one said, okay, man, we want to market you as this knockout guy. It just happened, right? In the beginning of his career, he was hitting these guys. They were going to sleep, right? But now it seems like guys who move, guys who are more skilled, guys that aren't just going to be there for the taking, he's having a hard time, right? So because he's not that instinctive guy, because things just don't come natural to him, he's not a fluid guy, fluid combination puncher, everything he seems to be like loading up. He's he's more of, of of just a kind of a brawler type fighter. He's a he's a he's a plotting uh, stalker type, right? 
but the, the problem is, is he's a pattern fighter too. He's very repetitious. Um, tell like you know what he's gonna do, as as Tim Bradley says, and I hate to quote Tim Bradley because I'm not a huge fan of Tim Bradley, but again, the punches are coming out at the same speed. There's ne there's never a feint. He's not moving that jab around. He is throwing it the same way, at the same rhythm, the same timing at all. So he's basically saying to his opponent, hey, here comes the jab. Are you ready for it? It's coming. You might Parry it down now. Here it comes. Can I add something to that, Joe? Sure. As somebody who, who teaches phys ed is my profession. That's, that's my job, right? And when you look across uh, skills and tactics across very, uh, a great array of sports, it's not just boxing. Uh, and if you've coached kids too, there's something that you always teach. It's change speed, change direction. That's the truth, whether you're talking about basketball, whether you're talking about a pitcher, whether you're talking about a tennis player with his serve, a volleyball player with their serve. You got to change speed and change direction. Think about dribbling. That's how you evade the defender. You switch speed, you switch direction. All night long, he was going at the same speed and going in the same direction. Uh, he wasn't cutting off the ring. As you were no. saying, the jab was the same speed, same direction. And it got to the point where Steve Rolls was timing it every every time. And Steve Rolls became the person that understood range. We know his speed. We know where his direction. We're going to stay just outside the medium range. And then we're going to go in and la land our double jab, our triple jab, our power punch, and then get right back out of range. Go, go back, Joe. I know I interrupted. Yeah, and, and not only that, because Canelo was a guy when he was in the lower weight classes, We, you know, one of his weaknesses was he wasn't quick on his feet either. But how he worked around that as he went on in his career, and obviously when he moved up in weight classes, the guys weren't that much difference in speed because the guys got slower a little bit too. But he added some feints to his game, right? And, and one thing Canelo does beautifully is after he feints, he, he, he kind of faints and he knows what that faint is going to do, the, the type of response his opponent is going to give him, where that opponent is going to move, where his head's going to be, and he places that punch where that opponent's head is going to be or where that opponent is going to move, whether or not he wants to go to the body or not. And you made a great point, and it's just like any other sport. When a team runs plays, they don't just run one play. They have a series of plays. So there's got to be a plan A, B, and C, especially at this level. And right now, all we're seeing is a plan A. And he hasn't shown us anything but that plan A. And you have to ask yourself, does he have the ability to show us more than a plan A? Is Again, is this all he is capable of doing? Kenny T, you're the type of guy I want as a friend, man, because you stand behind. When you stand behind somebody, you stand behind somebody, man. So that's a good, that's a good quality. But I don't know if I can, you know, stand behind this guy because I I'm just questioning and I'm looking at him and it, it just doesn't seem like this boxing thing really comes natural to him he doesn't look I can't see any special standout qualities to this guy like even Margarito people looked at Margarito and like he was a stalker he was a slugger but he was a very fluid combination puncher. He could put his shots together. He knew how to open you up. He would touch you, touch you to the body. Like he would touch you in certain spots to get you to move your hands around. He, he could open a guy up. Berlinga, by throwing one punch at a time, throwing it the same way, in the same fashion, that right hand is like he telegraphs it, loops it all the time, never throws it straight. Be, 
by doing that, you don't have the ability to open your guy up. And, and, and if you don't land that one shot, then what else can you do? Go ahead, Maestro. No, I was going to say a couple of things. Number one. And I want to add to that after Maestro. Right, of course, because I want to give my take on this whole situation, and then we'll circle back around. So, number one, you're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of power punchers uh, that have been known as kind of rough and rugged brawler types, they have something about them that's called unpredictability. A lot of Ricardo Mayorga's wins were because he was unpredictable. Yeah, he was a power puncher. He wasn't the best uh, scientific boxer, so to speak, but he'd throw a punch out of nowhere out of a weird angle. and clip. Unorthodox. Unorth- Very unorthodox. You didn't, know, you didn't know. He would throw punches when you thought he couldn't throw punches. Exactly. Same thing with Derek Chisora. Out of nowhere, boom. You know, uh, he's throwing it from a weird angle. There is a level of unpredictability there. Unfortunately, as much as I like uh, Berlanga as a guy, you know, and I want to support him as somebody here uh, in New York City who's doing big things and filling the garden or the, the 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 Hulu with all these people, we do need to see improvement. And look, you heard me ask Tim Bradley about it after the fight. I, I suggest everybody go and check out my video where I spoke to Tim Bradley after the fight for his assessment of it. I'm going to share my screen here again because, look, Edgar Belanga is 24 years old, right? I asked Tim Bradley to compare him with David Morrell Jr., who's also 24 years old. By the way, David Morrell Jr. has only got six fights, despite the fact that he's the WBA regular champion, right? And then you have David Benavides, who's also just tw- turned 25. So they're all around the same age. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go uh, back to you, Kenny, because I know you 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 want to cook on this topic a little bit longer as well. Uh, last thing, number one, Xander stole the show Saturday. Um, Shushu stole the show Saturday on the under undercard. Uh, Berlanga was very underwhelming. In terms of where he goes, I don't know, because he just struggled against a 37-year-old uh, journeyman type who's really a 160-pounder. Uh, you know, I-, I thought he was a better guy than, than the, the, the two previous guys that Berlanga fought, which is why I thought it might go to distance. But... Compare him to David Morrell Jr. and David Benavides, Kenny. So before I do that comparison, there's a couple of things that I do want to add on there. Uh, I, one is I hope that they don't have TVs in the locker rooms for the fighters that are getting ready to go out for their fights, get to see what's happening and what the announcer is saying before the fight. Because if they do, then Timothy Bradley spilled all the beans and gave uh, uh, Steve Rose the exact game plan on what to look out for for still for Steve Rose for for Berlanga, uh, which is yo he does the same shit. And I didn't, I, I heard what he said and I didn't believe it until I actually saw it for myself in the fight. Every time, every single time that Berlanga is gonna go in and that's gonna throw punches, he does the same thing. And then he throw he he lets off like two or three punches. Then then he steps back a little bit, puts his arms down, and starts walking down doing the same little slow foot footwork, same little slow one two footwork. You know, for me, that's not gonna work. The reason I feel that he can improve is because I feel like he just needs to get some fundamentals added in him. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he has everything else. He has everything that fighters learn afterwards, which is like power you know flashiness and and going for the ko but you cannot go for the ko and try to go finish a guy if you can't even get him to a weakened state if you can't land no punches because everybody knows what you're doing you're on tv now you're not the random question mark who how does this guy even fight everybody knows what you fight like now so your your 
the, the old game plan for him is in and he just needs to add some fundamentals a little good footwork a little bouncer step a couple feints a nice jab and we'll have a different berlanga because the power and the, the 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 things he does right he does right just needs fundamentals in but to joe's point kenny can that be refinished at this point um kenny, I, I mean I don't, I don't see i don't see why a jab can't be told kenny, that, let me ask that, you that, question, that little kenny. kenny let me ask you a question i'm gonna ask myself the same question too yeah if you ever if you ever like at a gym we're at gym class or you're on a team and you got the coach and he's sitting there and he's trying to teach everyone how to do something, right? Basketball. Okay, elbow gotta be straight. One hand on the side of the ball, uh, your right hand on the back of the ball. Follow through. Follow through. Flick the wrist at the end. You could teach a kid that to till the cows come home. Some kids, some some people just don't get it. Like they're just they don't have the the capacity to just do it, right? Even to this day, when I shoot the basketball, sometimes I when I bring it up, I always bring the ball to the side, then I bring it to the. I, I shoot, I shoot like Kevin McHale, but I was taught to, to, to shoot like like this. But I, but it, I just never could do it because it didn't feel right to me. When a fighter is taught something, it has to feel right to him. He has to, he has to naturally be able to adapt to doing it. And certain guys, like you can teach them all, all you want, but they're just they just don't have that coordination. They just don't have the, the knack for doing it. It's just not their just not their thing. And for me, I just don't I just don't see him as just being a natural type fighter. Like certain guys, you could just look at him and you're like Canelo, he's the type of guy you could you could teach him anything and he could just pick it up. Like he's a natural fighter, right? instincts right it just just muscle memory is there for the sport of boxing you see him thinking berlanga when he's in there Um, everything berlanga it does in there he's forcing it it doesn't come natural to him and and because of that i don't know if he's gonna ever ever get it man well i want to say something real quick about i'll be hopeful there, yeah, I'm, look, we want to be hopeful because, like like I said, Kenny, we like the guy. Um, and, look, one thing that does need to, to, to change is is the jab. I'd also say the footwork needs to change because he plods a lot. got to bend does, his knees. He's got to he bend his knees, change levels. Don't stand straight up all the time. He he, uh, he attacks in a linear fashion, except that it, not at angles. He doesn't cut off the ring. But yeah. my, my whole thing with all of the people that criticize the, the knockout run, I'm not one of those people. Because I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. If you put him in against tougher competition, who's to say he would have won those fights? Uh, The the problem with matching him with somebody like Steve Rolls five or six or seven fights ago, a lot of people thought Steve Rolls won Saturday. So imagine how he had a draw. Yeah, imagine how how Berlanga would have done if he faced off against a Steve Rolls type six or seven fights ago. The problem with matching Berlanga... And it's tough. And, uh, you know, top rank of all the promoters is known for matching their guys very well. On the one hand, if you put him in with a level of opponent like they did, he's going to knock them out, which was great for him. He got that that run of 16 straight KOs in the first round. The problem is if you put him in with more seasoned fighters, guys who can roll with punches, guys who see patterns of attack, guys who read what you're doing in the ring, and guys who, let's be honest, can evade punches and move around. Uh, if you, you put him in with a more seasoned guy earlier on, he probably would have lost. Forget about not getting a knockout. He probably would have lost. So 
I don't really think that they did that they did a, a bad job, top rank that is, in matching him. I thought they did a really good job. Right now, it's up to the training team. Shout out to Andre Rozier, who's leading it. Apparently, they need another two guys. I don't know why, because Andre Rozier is a great trainer on his own. Uh, it's up to them now to figure out how to deal with the movers, the, the more, you know, uh, shifty type of fighters. Because one thing that stood out to me in Berlanga's post-fight press conference, which was off TV on the app, I had to watch it when I got home later, is that he complained that Steve Rose didn't just stand there. Of course he's not going to stand there. He's a middleweight, 37. He's moving up to fight you. Of course he's going to move around and try to survive. How did you think he was just going to stand there? I, I, I don't I thought Rose looked great, man. I thought yeah. Rose did stand there in, in in spots. Rounds five through eight, he was there. He was he was fucking pot shotting him, bro. He stood right there. Yeah, but by that by that point, Berlanga was already frustrated that the knockout hadn't come because a lot of people like Kenny expected it to come earlier than Triple G. I'm sure a lot no, of no, people I, I didn't expect it. I said he needed it to come before it. Triple G. Because if, if you're gonna be comparing yourself to Triple G and be gonna be calling out Triple G, you got You got at least. K the guy out before you did like uh Connor Ben did to to uh the dude you know what, that you, Spence also fought. I forgot. You know his what Berlanga said about Callum Smith after Canelo fought him and went the distance with him? He said I would have knocked him out in six rounds. There's no fucking way he knocks Callum Smith out in six rounds. No, uh, absolutely <laughs> no. Come on, he, 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 he probably he got knocked down in his in his penultimate fight. I think Callum Smith would have probably stopped him if we're gonna be fair. Yeah. Um, but look, so let, let's move on real quick because we spent a lot of time talking about Berlanga, a lot longer than I expected, but I hope he ba- bounces back. Uh, one thing I will say, if I'm Xander Zayas, I don't know if I fight on his undercard anymore. Uh, I might he just got a wanna, headline. I just might want to be main event. I think Xander Zayas is main event material right now. Uh, a big boost for Xander right here, a new star. Moving on to the second topic, it's about time. Uh, apparently... According to reports, and I reached out to Lou DeBella to confirm this. He hasn't gotten back to me, but they say on boxing scene and salute to Keith Eidick because he's the lead over there at boxing scene. I trust Keith Eidick's report, and I don't always trust other people. I saw Keith on Saturday. Big up to Mr. Keith Eidick. Uh, boxing scene is reporting that, you know, they're moving on from the idea of fighting Lomachenko. Lomachenko is going to be stuck in the Ukraine for the foreseeable future. So Team Gambosis, apparently, according to reports, is now moving on to look at Devin the Dream Haney. It's about time. I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that because this is the fight that I've always wanted. I want to see undisputed. I want to see the two young guns undefeated in the division going head-to-head. I wanted to see Gambosis after that big win, also at the Garden, also at the Hulu Theater, uh, dethroning, Devin, I'm oh, sorry, dethroning uh, Teofimo Lopez, like he said, like an emperor, going into New York, taking it from him, all right? Now he's got to take on Devin the Dream Haney, the WBC champion. So let's see it happen. I'm looking forward to this, Joe. What are your thoughts? And then Kenny. I like that fight better, bro. I like that fight better. It's a, it's a young, fresh guy. You know, we, we always are asking Devin Haney, to have that one breakout fight. This is his one breakout fight. He wins this fight, no one can say anything, right? This is the fight where he he can show and prove. And I'll be honest with you. I think this is going to be a, a tough fight for uh, Camposis. I think Devin Haney's style is going to be a nightmare for Camposis because 
Again, he's in there with a guy who's athletic, a guy who can move, a guy who's disciplined, a guy who's patient, a guy who's a great counterpuncher, right? A guy who may make you come forward, may suck you into the traps, make may may make you fight out of your comfort zone, right? And he's going to have that that long reach on you too. Got that great jab because this, this is a jab that isn't the same speed, isn't it the same direction? It's not the same uh, position. It's not. It's not going to be placed in the same spot continuously. This is going to be a very educated jab. This is going to be a guy who's very quick on his feet. This is going to be a guy who can give you angles. This is going to be a guy who's very defensively responsible. He's not going to fight emotionally. He's going to be ready. This is a guy who's very poised and disciplined, very well schooled. This is a natural boxer puncher here in Devin Haney, and I think uh, this is going to be his time to shine. And I love this fight. Finally, Devin Haney is going to get that big fight. He's going to be in Australia in a stadium in front of 60,000 people. What else can you say, brother? What else can you say? Well, I'm going to go to Kenny real quick because Kenny about to knock out this topic. Kenny T. already knocked this topic out. Let's do it. Because I know man. he's not taking on no chihuahua in this fight. He's taking on Devin Haney. Look, look man. I got to say, I am so excited for this fight. This is the fight that needed to happen. I'm all about this undisputed shit. That's all I want to see. I don't want to see these uh oh big fights that aren't exactly the biggest fights that can happen. The biggest fight that can happen is a fight for all the belts. Stop the nonsense and stop the, stop the fanboying for everybody who is on the fanboying train and just wants to see Tank fight whoever. Let's see the real fights like Cambosis and Devin Haney. Now, I saw somebody saying, I'm betting the house on Devin Haney. You better chill out and fall back, bro. Look, Cambosis is still that question mark. Cambosis is still that fighter that we know some about, but not too much about. You can't find too much tape on Cambosis. The tape we have is Cambosis versus an emotional teal, Cambosis versus uh, Liam something, uh, Cam- and the, the one before that. I forgot who it was. I'm, I'm horrible with names. There's not that many that much tape of Cambosis out there. We don't know too much about the guy, but we know that he has speed. We know that he has some power. We know that he has a hell of a lot of heart. And we know that he trained with Manny Pacquiao. We know he's going in there to win this fight. He's not going into the emotional. We know Devin Haney is also a super skilled dude. Very, very fast. Quick hands. May have the longer reach. Great footwork. Young as hell. This is going to be an amazing fight, but don't go bet in the house on Devin Haney. Unless you want to potentially lose your house, this is this is a 50-50 fight. Some more research is definitely the this this fight definitely deserves some more research. Let's not just go on and say Devin Haney's gonna win this because I don't think that's the case. It, it can go either way. It can go either way. Kenny T. There you go. Your turn, Joe. Well, well, first of all, Kenny Kenny just KO'd that topic. Kenny, Kenny just KO'd that topic because I agree. Let's not underestimate. George Gambosis Jr., the emperor. Don't underestimate him, ladies and gentlemen. Joe. Well, here at Beeb Industries, we cash in one of the mutual funds and we are, we're betting it on Devin Haney right now. Sorry. <laughs> Did we make a mistake, Kenny T? I don't know. We feel pretty good about our move. I, ho- I hope you have several mutual funds. Uh, I'm not, it, it is a, a, a move that could definitely go positive. Look, I'm not saying that that's a bad move. It's we cashed just, in the Roth, Kenny. We cashed th- in the Roth. Th- this could be a 50-50 fight. So instead of going all in, I'd go like 45% in. If you're a big better, if you're a safe better like me, you go like 10% in. Because that's like the highest bet that I make, 10%. 
But Kenny, let me ask you, and then I want Joe's opinion on this. Uh, I'm not too concerned about it myself, but should Devin Haney be concerned about the Australian judging? I'm concerned about it. I don't know how you're not concerned about it. Devin Haney should 100% be concerned about it. Devin Haney should be thinking about going over there and trying to knock the guy out because we saw what happened with Jeff Horn, and there was one more fight in Australia recently uh, where a similar bullshit happened. I'm terrible with names, so this is going to continue happening with me. Uh, but look, I'm worried about the dude in Australia, so he should be worried. We should all be worried. Uh, a lot of biased shit happens by judging in Australia, and I just uh, want to see the best, most fair fight. So Look at these odds, Kenny T. Look at these odds. Early odds. Devin Haney is a minus 280. George Campos is a plus 220. What? That oh, I, I'd go in on Haney, too. No, yeah. no, no. I'd go in on Campos. <laughs> minus go, 280. I, I, I'd go He's in almost both, a three bro. to one favorite here, Kenny T. I go yeah, in on both, bro. Yeah, almost if it's a three to one favorite, Kenny T. I want to put in some money on Gambosis at those odds. I mean, Gambosis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, especially if it ends up being at home. But uh, but yeah, man. Look, I'm excited about it. The reason here's why I don't like I don't like it when people that live in glass houses throw stones. Okay, I don't like that. Maestro doesn't like Please, that. Maestro. Please. Maestro doesn't like those that live in glass houses throwing stones, okay? Because there's a lot of people in glass houses right now on CNN, on MSNBC in particular, those two networks. Some people on Fox News, too, they're throwing stones, in, and they're in glass houses. They're talking about other countries right now, okay? I'm not going to get political. That's what, that's what sucker punch with Joe Habib. But what I am going to say is, we got plenty of problems over here in the United States when it comes to judging, okay? Ask, uh, ask Tony Martin, sorry, Tony Martin, ask, ask uh, uh, Tony Luis, who's out of Ontario, about that, because I thought he definitely deserved at least a draw on Saturday. Ask him about judging over here. Th then you got to go over to the U.K., all of my massive out there in the U.K., all my U.K. peeps, ask them about the judging in the U.K. Uh, judging is an issue every where okay I'm, I'm it's an issue in australia i'm not gonna say not but here's how you fix that see my answer is about solutions not just about problems but about solutions let's have an in, in the international panel let's get three neutral judges from three different places you know we got judges in in italy we got judges in germany we got great judges in japan all right we got judges in the Philippines. Let's take this world title fight global. Let's get an international panel of judges to remove any kind of implicit or explicit bias. Kenny, what do you think about that? Mute, my brother. Pardon. Sounds like it could be a solution, but I don't really see anything like that happening, bro, because then that's going to be singling out Australia because this is something like this will never happen in the U.S., uh, definitely not in Al Heyman's PBC fights. Uh, yeah, man, I just I don't see it happening. It would be a nice solution to to have judges from around the world. Another solution could be having each fighter select a judge, and then having uh, uh, all the four sanctioning bodies decide on the third judge because they're fighting for all four belts. So. There you go. Look, uh, before we get to another topic uh, that I know people want us to discuss, I got it. the first comment about it actually was on Tank Davis. So I want to get into that next. I do have to send my condolences to both Joe Habib 
and knocked out by Kenny. You know, I had to make, you know, I had to do some wellness checks on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday. You know, I, I, Kenny gets up a little later. Joe Habib's an early riser. Joe Habib got the morning call. Kenny got the afternoon call. You know, I had to check in that they were both okay, okay, because their boy suffered a loss on Saturday on the zone at the hands of Alex Rocha. All right. Little Blair Cobb. What happened to your boy, Joe? What happened to your boy, Blair? What happened? And then, Kenny, I want to know what happened because the guy was talking so much ish, okay, about about the welterweight division. He mentioned, uh, you know, Errol Spence Jr., of all people. All right, really? I mean, come on, brother. Handle your business. Handle your business against Alex Rocha. He didn't. Woo! He got knocked out. Woo! All right. He was styling. He was profiling. He was getting off of those jets. Okay? It was the nature. Of, actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the nature, boy. It was Blair Cobbs. What happened to your boy, Joe? What happened to Blair Cobbs? Joe, what happened? Come on, Joe. Joe's still, Joe's still in shock. Look at Joe. He can't take it. Joe's in shock. What happened to Blair Cobbs? Well, there's a saying, right? Sugar Ray Leonard said this. goes, is every time in a fight, you have to plant your feet and you're going to have to stand there and you're going to have to fight a guy off you. You can only move so much. You can't move a whole fight. And if you're going to be an ambush guy, a mover, right, you have to have a plan when a guy gets close up in your chest. If you're not going to be a good inside fighter, then you're going to have to know how to nullify that guy when, when he gets close to you. So Blair Cobb is not a great inside fighter, but he's also not a guy who knows how to nullify a great inside fighter when he gets close to him. It doesn't hold. doesn't know how to freeze the action, right? So that was one problem that he had, and it was a huge problem for him because he could not fight uh, Roca on the inside at all. And once Roca was established on the inside, and he got got his offense going up close, started ripping those body shots, started letting those combinations rip body to head, head to body. It was all she wrote, right? Because Blair Cobbs could not fight him off him. Um, once, once he ran out of ring, once he was trapped up against those ropes, once he was trapped in that corner, he had no answers. And that's going to be a problem, right? It's going to be a problem. And not only that, too, People, you know, if you're moving a lot, right, one thing he does do is he moves a lot, but it's, it's not really uh, good movement. It's not purposeful movement, right? If you're moving so far out of range that you have to take yourself so far back in range to get your offense going, then is that really worth it? So he needs to shorten up the movement a little bit, make it more subtle, right? Um, step around the guy. You don't have to. You don't have to back all the way out, ten feet away from the guy, to get away from the guy. Step around him. Step off to the side. Short little pivot here and there, right? And those little adjustments could help him. Okay, you're not a great inside fighter. They're not a wrap up. Grab a guy. Turn him. Right. Step around him. That's the thing. So to be the man, Joe, you've got to beat the man. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that that's what they used to listen to Joe. Get Joe in your corner, Blair, because Joe just gave you the blueprint to be the man. You got to beat the man, and you couldn't beat 
Alexis Rocha, so you got to get Errol mm. Spence's name out your goddamn mouth for now. Anyway. Hogan Savage. Bottom line. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, man. Kenny, oh, any, man. Any words on your boy Blair? I mean, Kenny, you got to team up with him, get that swag code stuff happening because he was out there looking like a man from the village people last week. I know. Kenny would have been dropping some swag coach knowledge on him. You already know. Look, look. A lot, a lot of things happen negatively with Blair Cobbs. Starting from the hairstyle. Like, bro, are you stupid? You're in the fight. If you learn anything from old school boxes is, you either cut your hair or you braid that shit. Because if you don't, Every punch you take looks that much more dramatic with all that much more sweat flying off of it and that much more crazy. This is true. It just, th- that was number one. Second, he needs to, he needed to smother uh, uh, Alexis Arosha, not be trying to move back so, so much. So he kept on moving straight forward back, and then he would try this little rollover, come around the other side shit. Like Joe said, he was wasting a hell of a lot of movement and a hell of a lot of energy. And and that energy he should have been using to throw punches, not to try to run out of the way. Uh, Then he leaves his head straight up to get, like, so punchable. His first, his face is so goddamn punchable. That's the first, his face is fucking punchable. With the hair, with with the hair, with the whole woo, he makes you want to punch him in the face. And then he leaves his fucking head right right in the way. Right in the middle, uh, ready to get hit. Uh, Rosha ate him up, ate him up. He ain't have no answer. And then the last thing that I think that he did that was the dumbest thing that he did was when he got up close that he was tying in, he got hit with a couple of good punches. And then he would hold one of Alexis Rosha's arms while Alexis Rosha's teeing off with the other arm. And that's how he got the final knockout, which is crazy. Crazy Blair Cobbs. I thought I think he fought that like a fool. He looks amazing in sparring because sparring is only three rounds. You have all the energy to duck and dodge and do whatever you want to do in for three rounds of sparring. In a full fight, it didn't work out for him. He had a couple of good points where he landed a couple of good punches, and the guy is super athletic. He needs to go back to the drawing board with his boxing. He could keep up, he could keep up all his antics with the woo and the boxing. It seems to have him growing definitely growing a fan base, but stop talking shit because the entire world of boxing was cracking jokes on him after that. I'm just doing the style and the profiling real quick. You know what I mean? Just get the <laughs> shoulders go. <woo! laughs> Rick Flair. You know what I mean? Anyway, look, Joe, I know you're a huge fan of uh Ted, uh, Teddy Atlas. Actually, you're not. So I want your opinion on the Chicano version of Teddy Atlas, at least with the in-corner speech work. I'm talking about Alexis Rocha's coach, uh, Hector Lopez. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that style of coaching? You know, the 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 kind of the taskmaster there in the corner. Is, is that something that you respond to well, or is it just a personal style thing when it comes to fighters? You, What, do you, what are your thoughts on that style of coaching? It's a place for it. Right, but here's the thing. In the military, right, you have three drill sergeants. One of them usually screams and yells at you. The other one kind of, he's more of the teacher, the mentor, he talks to you. And then the other one's kind of like in between, right? And the the drill sergeant that talked to me, he's pulled me aside one day and he goes, you know, because a lot of these drill sergeants, they like to scream and yell. You know, when I was a private, 
my drill sergeant used to scream and yell at me. But guess what? He screamed so loud and made such a fuss. I could never really understand him. And every time he, he yelled at me, I kind of got upset. I got nervous and I couldn't really focus and learn anything from this guy. But the guy who talked to me and explained things to me and, and, and really showed me how to do something, that was the guy I could learn from. So sometimes when you scream and yell, it's all for theatrics, but it's not what you say. It's how you say what you say. So if you're not really able to deliver the message and you're just screaming and yelling, but you're not having any substance on what you're saying, then it's all for nothing. Now, Roach's trainer was actually giving him good advice. He was kind of lighting a fire under him. So maybe certain guys respond to that. Certain guys don't. For me, um, I never liked being yelled at. I never liked being uh, talked down to or you know, being spoken to in a condescending way. I, it kind of made me shut down. But every now and then, sometimes I liked it. You know, it, it, it depends. Sometimes, I, sometimes everyone does need a kick in the ass. But when someone does it constantly, even when it's not needed, like Teddy Atlas would just like do it for no reason at all. You know, like he just would scream just for the sake of screaming. As soon as he saw the camera on him. And, that's, you know, to say, that's why he did it. Cause the yeah, he saw, the, he saw the camera on him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he would do it because for theatrics, in my opinion. So you could tell when it's when it's when it's uh, organic and you could tell when it's forced. You could tell when it's just for show. Teddy Atlas did it just for show, in my opinion. Salute to Tony Boswell. He's not just a sub. He's a member. Consider that Maestro A membership supports me, supports Kenny T. We get that gear going. We need to show up at these fights at the gardens, ready to snap video, ready to snap photos. All right, uh, Kenny, last on this topic, uh, wh what's your th thought on that? Do you like that kind of a drill sergeant coach or you more like the soft-spoken intellectual type, kind of like a, 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 a Freddie Roach in the corner? No, listen, I need, I need uh, good instruction and good directions. And I'm a very, I'm aggressive. I'm aggressive. I'm a fighter. I fight back. I talk back. I talk shit. I got a big mouth. I'm not really the guy that stays shut. So that stuff doesn't work back. It doesn't really work for me because how can I listen to you if I want to punch you in the face? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, does, it just doesn't work out for me. Uh, like, like, like Joe said, I, I prefer somebody to talk to me and give me direction and not like condescending direction. It doesn't have to be positive. You don't have to, don't give me the, whoa, I don't, I don't need that. Just give me the instruction. I got all the energy I need myself. I, trust me. I got myself with the energy, with the fight power, with the ferocity. Just tell me what I need to do and the good instruction. That's all. I know that. I've held the pads for Kenny T back when we used to work at the same school. Kenny's got that power. And the funny thing is, Kenny's orthodox, but fights Southpaw. For those of you that don't know, Kenny loves that that Southpaw stance, that strong right jab, you know. And I was yelling at Kenny, and, you know, he wasn't liking it too much. And then he, he, he threw some extra hard punches, you know, smacked me upside my head. You know, that actually didn't happen. I'm never going to yell at Kenny. Can't do it. All right. So, look, listen, uh, I got to get to the next topic because, Joe, I've been saying it for a while now. What's with the WBA? What's with these dudes? All right, you got four titles in the heavyweight division at one point. All right. You had Anthony Joshua, the the, the super champ, Trevor Bryant, uh, the a regular champ. You had your bro Lebanese brother, uh, Achar, the interim champ. They also had Hellenius, the gold champ. I could go down the list. It was ridiculous. Well, I got to give it up to the WBA because according to reports, and this has actually been happening for a while now, 
they've been trying to get the regular guys to fight the super guys and have been stripping the interim guys like Daniel Dubois, who we're going to get into later. But in this case, apparently, it's no mas on Javante Davis. And, you know, first comment of the day, I got to go all the way back to it, way back to the beginning, was from Mr. Steel Yachin. He says the WBA isn't saying the time is up for Tank. This was in the plan since they made Roley versus Tank. I've talked to Coach Calvin. This is the reason Tank versus Roley has to happen. Well, they've, Coach Calvin also was saying that they were thinking about fighting Lomachenko. I, I wasn't really buying that one, okay? But to keep it on this one, and shout out to Coach Calvin. He's a good coach. I don't understand why he puts up with uh, Floyd Mayweather speaking over him when he's trying to give Tank instructions in the ring. I digress, though. I didn't really like that. Kenny knows I didn't like that. If I'm a head coach, I don't want some dude of coming out of row one to interrupt me. What, what, my soul's going on a tangent. Back to the topic. All right, so Javante Davis will be stripped of WBA title unless he agrees to unification. So this is after the Roley fight. So Tank had to decide, was he going to keep the title at 140 or was he going to keep the title at 135? He decided to keep the title at 135. So he's going to get to defend the regular belt against uh, Roley, all right? A big talk Roley. We'll see how that goes. If he wins, I know a lot of you think that that's a guarantee, but if he wins, he's going to have to unify with either Gambosis or Haney should that fight end up happening. So, Joe, overall, are you happy to hear this news that the WBA is actually trying to do something here in terms of forcing these regulars and these supers to fight each other? Um and uh, wh- what are your thoughts on how this will play out for Tank? Because it- it- Ella B said it's going to all be in-house. Apparently not. Well, it's a good move, but let's see if they follow through with it. Let's see if they are consistent with it. Let's see if they don't pick and choose. Who knows what's going to happen if they get a call from Al Heyman one day or they get a call from Floyd Mayweather, if they're going to switch up their-, their stance on this, right? Or if they're going to make special rules for certain fighters, if there's going to be stipulations, but um, it sounds good. Sounds good in theory, right? Uh, is it going to be accurate and follow through? Let's see. See if they follow through with it. Kenny. Well, I hope it's factual because uh, I read on the WBA site a long time ago, and it's been, they spoke about it a couple years ago, that they're going to get rid of all the regular titles and all the secondary tertiary titles that they have in all weight classes. And in order to do that, they were going to force these bouts between their regular title holders and the full title holders. So I do believe it. I do think it's going to happen. I don't think the WBA is playing games because they've been talking about this for some time. I had a podcast about this some time ago. and. They did say that uh, part of what the uh, homie at the beginning said, what's his name, uh, Mr. Take Your Chin or something like that? Uh, Mr. Steel Your Chin. Yeah, Mr. Steel Your Chin. Part of what he said is 100% factual. This is part of the plan. The whole Riley Romero thing with Javante Davis, whoever wins of these two has to fight uh, for the actual title. Uh, or they lose it because uh, they're trying to get rid of all the regular titles so that there is no confusion, none of this nonsense that us – uh, deeper boxing fans really, really hate, and that confuses the the casual boxing fan. So I do believe it. I think it's great. It, it it's like kill Tank's popularity and fame. And I, this isn't a plot against Tank. This is a plot against all the regular belts. And I'm very, very happy and excited for it. Get rid of the bullshit. Let's make the sport better, more factual, 
more black and white with no gray areas. I, I agree. Look, first of all, the only time there should be a super champ is if that super champ holds a title of another sanctioning body, right? Um, I don't really have a problem with the regular champ as long as they, he essentially has to fight the super champ at some point. Um, I do agree with Tony Pulis's boy. I think Leo Santa Cruz holding on to the WBA title at 126 is beyond ridiculous for as long as he's held it. Uh, honestly, Lee Wood should just be elevated or they should just strip the super and just have a regular because I don't even know why they have a super champ when he's not even unified with another title. Uh, with another organizing body. So that makes zero sense to me. The easy thing in that, just strip Leo Santa Cruz. Forget about it. All right, and then there's only one WBA champ. But I personally would love to see Tank versus the winner of Gambosis Haney. And again, that's if he gets past Roley. Roley's predicting a round number one knockout. Okay, Roley's saying it ain't going two rounds. All right, Roley, Roley's doing a great bit of talking right now. Uh, you guys can check out the Brian Custer interview if you want to hear the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, so moving on from that one, though, uh, I do want your thoughts. I, I know I didn't list this as a topic, Kenny, so my apologies, but I know you're going to have thoughts about this, and I know Joe's going to be versed on this, too. There was a small little moment, a, a teensy chance of Charlo, and I'm talking about Jermall, taking on Mungia, and that's just going evaporated. Uh, like, Joe, what what's going on? Like, why didn't that happen? Apparently, it was a TV deal situation. How are we at a point where a TV deal trumps a sanctioning body? Because uh, why can't the WBC just enforce that? Say that this is your mandatory. Fuck the TV networks. We're going to purse bid, and whoever wins it wins it. If they could do that for Fury mm -hmm. against White, why couldn't they do this for Charlo against Mungia, Joe? Uh maybe they will. Maybe they will. Uh, maybe hopefully sooner than later. But they haven't made Munguia the mandatory yet. But I think eventually he will be the mandatory. And I think that fight is going to happen. I think it's 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 definitely going to happen sooner than later. It probably could happen the next – it could be the next fight. There you go. And Kenny? Um, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like a lot of things in boxing don't make sense. Um Jermall should have been fighting a bunch of people. Uh, and you know what? Uh, Mungia was uh, ordered and sanctioned to set up a fight with Janibek. And then that got pushed aside for the fight with Charlo to be made. And then that just fell in the air because, uh, uh, what was his name? De La Hoya said he wanted the zone and matchroom involved. And that they was refusing that whole thing. But it doesn't make sense. This nonsense is stupid. Let's get these fights going. Uh, you know, let's get this show on the road. And by the way, by the way, Mike Tyson made Jamal Charlo look like a fucking fool. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that, Kenny. Why don't you just fill everybody in about what, why it is that you think that and uh, and many people think that. I actually agree with you, but fill people in. Uh, it's real simple. It's, it, they, there's a ton of people that disagree, but it's, it, it's real simple. Mike Tyson was telling him, call out the guy you want to fight. In, in several different parts of the interview, just say his name. In my day, we used to dog him out, call him out, talk about his family, say this, that, 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 and the other. And we used to get the fight going no matter what. Call out the guy you want to fight. And he refused. Every time that it came to the part that he was going to call out a guy, he would start stuttering and, start, and then stop talking. Or, like, 
And even at the end of it, uh, uh, Mike Tyson had to do the callouts for Jamal Charlo because Jamal Charlo wouldn't do the callouts himself. Like, and and he's saying that he just wants to retire, champion. He and he also kept on talking about Jermel and not himself because he doesn't have really anything to say about himself because he knows he's not as great as people's projecting to be. It's it's very simple. The man refused to call anybody out. That was a punk ass move. And and Mike Tyson kept on atta- attacking him on his career choices and telling him who he should fight. A, the Mexican monster. And then he would say, oh, no, it's not worth it. This guy wants too much money. In it. And, and Mike Tyson, was like, in my day, it wasn't about the money. It was about getting in there and beating his ass. And, you know, and, and, he, and the guy just kept on looking and seeming soft. Like he was scared. Like he was just like he's out, like he has one foot out of the sport of boxing. Like if he's ready to retire, like he don't want to fight no more. That's that's what that's what that interview was making me feel like. Well, there you go. Uh, look, if you're gonna go on the Mike Tyson's podcast, you gotta be ready. I mean, the dude's high. Okay, number one, he's already eccentric. Number two, like you gotta be <laughs> mentally ready to deal with that. As far as I'm concerned, and he just came across as a guy that really I don't know what he thought he was going in there to talk to Mike Tyson about. Like, obviously he's gonna bring up fights. Obviously he's gonna talk about Canelo and other people that he's had on the show. Right. So, you know, I, I, I got to say that that it, it's it, it was an interesting uh, watch for sure. Now, look, Joe, I'm going to go to you first on this. This is going to be the last topic. All right. Uh, your boy, Eric Lorder, was very, very critical of my boy. All right. My boy, Daniel Dynamite Dubois. And Eric Lorder was very critical. You were a little bit not as critical. All right, I, wasn't I, love, criti- I wasn't critical at all. I, 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 I love watching Ringside Reporter because I love seeing you guys get into the debates. All right. And in that particular debate, all right, uh, you were back in Dynamite Dubois. You know, you were explaining that essentially he had an orbital bone broken and that he fought on for many rounds with a broken orbital bone. At what point does his safety not come into consideration? And at what point do we not give a guy that was, what, 23 years old at that time? I mean, he's essentially around the same age as Berlanga, maybe even a little younger. We got younger. We give him a little slack. We give give the guy a little slack. I mean, he's only 23 at the time or so, right? I mean, he he was going rounds with the juggernaut that we now know is the juggernaut, okay? So he got a little bit of slack. It wasn't just Eric. Salute to Eric. I'm a big fan of Eric. I'm not singling him out. It was one of he was one of many. But Joe was also one on the maestro side on this one. Let's give let's give the guy a little bit of a break. Anyways, the boy Daniel Dynamite Dubois is back, ladies and gentlemen. But believe it or not, Big Frank shoulder roll Frank. Why you pop those shoulders real quick for the big boy Frank? Okay, and I'm not talking about Kenny's cat. I'm talking about Frank Warren, the boxing promoter. He, he in the same year, okay, he puts up the big bag purse to secure wild, uh, White versus Fury at uh, Wembley Stadium. The big boy purse, $41 million plus. But then he loses a purse bid between Trevor Bryant and Daniel Dubois to Don King for just a little over $3.1 million. What happened, Joe? The is King. Don, is Don King back? Is he a major? The King. He's going to be promoting stateside, most likely, Trevor Bryan against Daniel Dynamite Dubois. Number one, is King back? 
And number two, how do you like Triple D's chances against Trevor Bryant? Joe, it's on you. Cook. Define what do you mean by back? Well, I mean, he might he might be putting on this heavyweight title fight in, in you know, he's 90-plus years old. I mean, how many guys his age? I mean, obviously there's Frank uh, – sorry, there's Bob Arum still promoting. But how many guys his age can say, I am promoting – a uh, significant uh, heavyweight heavyweight fight. What other fight does he have down the pike schedule? Oh, Junior Macabu. Who's he fighting? I don't know. Maybe Canelo? Canelo. No, nah, no, nah, I'm joking. A lot, of maybes, heard, a, lot of may- a lot of maybes here, man. A lot of maybes here. I heard, I heard Zurdo's calling out Junior Macabu. Zurdo? Yeah, El Zurdo. Ramirez. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, okay, so you obviously don't think that he's back. That's fine. Do you like him? Is- do you like Daniel Dubois' chances against Trevor Bryant? Yeah. Put the house on Dubois. I agree. Kenny. Don King is definitely not back. He is the promoter for Trevor Bryant, and he is the promoter for Ilunga Makabu. So, yes, he is. Um, he'll be promoting fights for those guys, and that's probably why he put up the big bank because it's his fighter, and it's the biggest fight that his fighter is going to be up to it, into this at this point. So, And, and you probably will see. Ilunga Makabu on the undercard of that. Uh, but look, if Dubois does not win this in nice fashion, then 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 he's gonna have to retire at the age of 24. Now nah, I'm joking, I'm talking shit. But no, seriously, uh Dubois should win this fight. Trevor Bryan is big, overweight, slow. I mean, you actually he's- sat through that whole fight, Kenny. Talk about it. Uh, it's just bad. It's just bad, man. Uh, the guy has like maybe a decent jab, but he's super slow. He's super big, husky. Um, he does get hit. He got hit a lot by the dude that he was fighting, and it wasn't a top caliber fighter. And it went the full fight. They talking about he has power, but it went the full fight. He could have knocked the guy out. Yeah, Daniel Dynamite Dubois needs to win this fight in in epic fashion. Yeah, I agree, and I think he is going to win in epic fashion. So, by the way, one more thing: I I, I do oh. not agree with you that Joe Joyce is here and he is the juggernaut. Fuck out of here! I don't believe in that man. I still don't. He, I I still think I still think that that Daniel Dubois had to have won that fight, and that that was a big letdown for him and for everybody across the world of boxing. The juggernaut, Joe Joyce, the juggernaut. Okay, do you, you come on? You you know your comics, you know your comics. The Juggernaut, dog. That's one of the best super villains in the Marvel universe, fam. <laughs> and the Juggernaut is living up to that with that power jab. You love that power the jab. darkest of days, heavens a heartbreak away. Never let you go. Never let you down. <laughs> I hear the vocals, boy. Woo! There you Woo! go. So, uh, look, in all seriousness, uh, I, I think Joe Joyce is arguably the second best heavyweight in the U.K. after Tyson Fury. I, I don't know that A.J. beats him. I don't know that White beats him. I don't know that Huey Fury. Huey Fury actually is, is an underrated heavyweight. He, he's he's a good boxer, but I don't know that he beats him. He's up there. The Joe, Joe Joyce, the juggernaut. I would love to see him fight uh, A.J. next if that's possible. But, yeah, shout out Nando. <laughs> Nando knows what time it is. You better recognize the juggernaut. The big juggernaut. The big juggernaut. Joe Joyce. He's also got that 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 uh 
that theme song, bro. I, I should play that a little bit, but I won't because it's time to end this. I want everyone that's here to do a few things for me. Number one, hit that like button. All right, it's free. Takes a second to do it. Number two, hit that notification bell if you haven't already so that you know when we go live. Number three, I need you to subscribe to both Ringside Reporter Live and The Real KO Kenny. If you haven't yet, Knocked Out by Kenny is the channel. And last but not least, I want you to go and check out uh, this interview conducted today by Joe Habib. All right, the interview was with a Ukrainian contender, Ole Dolphon. Ole Dolphon. Uh, check it out. Link is in the chat. All right. Click on that link. Go check out that interview. Educate a little bit. All right? Educate yourself a little bit about this young man, about Ukrainian boxing. Okay. So make sure you do that. Kenny, you should post as well. Knocked out by Kenny. All right. Put that up in the chat. I want to thank everyone for tuning in for Mano a Mano Live with Joe Habib and with Kenny, as always. Kenny All right. And stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for Cup of Joe. All right. It's going to be Ooh. your morning fix moving forward. All right. Your Cup of Joe. Or are you going to get your coffee ready? You're going to sit down in the morning. You're going to tune in the ringside reporter live and find out what's going on in the world of boxing. So look, KO Kenny link is in the chat. Subscribe. All right. Joe Habib link is in the chat. Make sure you go check out that interview and subscribe. This was Mano a Mano live with Kenny T. We're out of here. We'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Thank you.